So, a bit of a survey. Just put your hand up if you've ever heard a sermon in a church about how to leave well. Just interested. Fiona? We don't talk about it much. We should talk about it way more for a whole variety of reasons. Now, this message is called Leaving with Excellence, but it's not a hint. It's not a hint. So please don't take this as permission to go, like, stay, stay. It's not a hint. I was worried this morning that they'd be thinking I was trying to sublimely con them. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's to help. It's to help. There's an art to leaving things excellently, to leaving things really, really well. As we talked about before, whether it's a relationship, a friendship, a job, a church, a group of friends, an unhealthy pattern or habit we might be in, a volunteering role, life itself. And the most of the times a person leaves, they don't do it really well because they're just done and they want to move out of it. When we leave things, we actually want Jesus' imprint to be left in the wake of us leaving. You know, a boat goes past, it creates a wake, and the wake exists long after the boat is gone and it laps against the shore. In the wake of our lives, in the wake of our leaving, we want people to go, there was good that happened there. There was something wonderful that took place. Wow, we, we missed that person rather than what? They went or, ha, great, glad they've gone. So believe it or not, there is an excellent way to leave friendships and there is a poor way to leave friendships. Who's heard of the phrase to ghost someone? Yeah, to go somewhere. That's kind of it's the cool done thing now. It's not cool. There's nothing cool about it. It's basically to, if you to ghost someone, you are to give them the, the permanent silent treatment that comes with no engagement whatsoever. So you just cut them off. It's just silence. It's just big line, never to be spoke of again until you bump into them a bit later and it's a bit awkward. And then you pretend that you didn't ghost them. That's how to do it really, really poorly. Some people leave volunteer roles by just not showing up. Oh, I'm just kind of, I'm over it, and I'm not paid, so I'm just not going to turn up anymore. It doesn't exactly help those who are organising that or those who are blessed by that volunteer role when that happens. Over the years, I've had conversations with people who've left churches. It happens. I know it's never happened here, but it happens in other churches. I'm joking, it's people that have left. There's people who have left really, really well, for really, really good reasons. But people can move away from a church or just stop coming or blow up and, and rant and leave or change churches and not talk about it. But there is an excellent way to leave a church. It sounds strange, doesn't it? It's almost countercultural. We don't want anyone ever to leave a church, but there is an excellent way to do it. The poor way is just to vanish to disappear and you kind of ghost a few people on the way out and then when somebody finally catches up with you a week or two weeks or a month or two months or three months later it's like oh yeah I just life's changed that's not a great way to do it but there are really good ways to leave a church and we'll talk about that tonight rules that you can apply to every situation that you're going to leave as Christians we have to do a really good job of leaving stuff we have to I left a job when I was at um, uh, studying for uni, so studying to be a minister. I don't tell many people this because I don't want it to get me into more of this work, but I used to be, you ready for it? 
in childcare. Yeah, that's right. Laugh it up. I would. No, I, was, I was doing after school and before hours and out of school hours program with these kids. Um, and, and so I loved the job. It was great. It fitted in. But it got to the point of time in my life where I've got study and stuff going on that I had to leave it. And so I want to leave it really, really well. And I did all the things that I'm going to talk about tonight and left really well. And to celebrate me leaving, they had a party and they gave me a gift. It was really awesome. I'm like, ha, pretty chuffed. Six months later, my life shifted and changed again. And I realized that that job I had back would now fit really, really well with the circumstances of my life. And so I went back and I asked them for my job. And they said, Yes, we'd love to have you come back. Absolutely come back and work for us. Same group, same group of people, same job. So I come back six months after that. You know what happened. Life changed and I had to leave the job again. And I left it so well, they gave me a second farewell gift. (laughs) There were some people that I worked with that were not happy about that. Rightly so. I was a bit awkward and surprised that that had happened. But we can leave things excellently, and it's really important that we do. We can leave in such a way that our character remains intact, that the relationships that we have are left intact, that our reputation is still strong, that we don't have to carry around baggage. We don't have to cause others to carry around baggage because we just left, that we don't hurt those who've come to rely on us and trust in us, That we haven't damaged things so the boss or those leaders can now trust the next person because we've been trustworthy. That things have been left in such a way that the person coming in can just take them on board. That we've improved and we've benefited that which we were part of. Now here's the clincher. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, your faith requires you to leave things excellently. We don't talk about it much in church, but we should. And it's because of your faith that you can leave things excellently. And we know this because of how Jesus left. Jesus Christ left supremely well. He put a clinic on of how you should leave. They should have written a book about it, called it the Bible or something like that. So I have five rules that come out of the way Jesus left that will help you apply these five things to any situation you find yourself in life to leave well. So all you need to do tonight, you can forget everything in between, just jot down the five points, do it, and you'll be home free. Leave anything you want. Providing, well, the first one, make sure it has God's yes. Make sure what you're leaving has God's Yes, one of the most gripping scenes in the Bible is when in Jesus, he's just had his last meal with his followers and he knows he's about to be arrested and tortured and hung up on a cross. And he's in the garden with his followers and he's praying. Remember that scene? So he's in the garden and he's praying. In Matthew 26, it says, Going a little further, Jesus fell on his face to the ground and he prayed these words. He said, My father, if this is possible, take this cup from me yet not as I will but as you will has anyone ever thought what's the cup about where'd the cup come from Jesus you were having a a drink in that most 
intimate moment of your life. Where, where did the cup come from? The cup to us is like, oh, it's a bit confused. But the cup to a Jewish audience made all the sense in the world because he'd just come from the Passover meal. And every time they celebrated Passover meals, they had four cups. And throughout the meal, if they were following um, the, the, the way it should be followed, they would drink from the first cup and then they drink from the second cup and then they drink from the third cup and then they'd never touch the fourth cup. The fourth cup was called the cup of suffering and it was reserved for the Messiah who would take all the suffering of humankind and absorb it into himself. And Jesus is talking about the cup when he's in the garden. Take the cup from me. I don't want the fourth cup. But if you will, if your yes is for this, God, if you, are, if you are a yes, then I will drink it. And we witness this breaking point in Jesus, this point of utter surrender to God's leading. Jesus knew right throughout his entire adult life that the cross awaited him. The Holy Spirit and, and, and his inner discernment, he knew that that's where he was headed toward the cross. And still on the 11th hour and the 59th minute, because right after this scene, the troops arrive and they arrest him. It's the last possible moment for him to change his mind. He's seeking God. Is it a yes still? Is it a yes? Because if it's a yes, I'm in. Jesus made sure he had God's yes. Our first principle, we need to make sure we have God's yes. Now, for some of you, as you look across the expanse of your life, there are some things right now, I imagine, that you want to leave. Hopefully not this sermon right now. Hopefully it's going okay. But there are things in your life that you're like, I want to leave that. But you haven't sought God's yes. And maybe some of you are thinking, God actually wants me there. I just don't want to be there. Well, you've got to stay. And the reason you've got to stay is because God wants to do something with you in that circumstance. You can't leave until you have God's yes. And some of you, are in the opposite position. You're staying in something that God has said, yes, you need to leave. And you're holding on to it and you're clutching on it. It might be something you're doing or it might be a situation you're in, but you know God says yes to you leaving it and you're, you're holding tight to it. And God wants you to know that you can trust him. You can leave it with excellence. If he said yes to do it, you can leave with excellence. Now, of course, it has to line up with a God's yes, right? So you have to find a sense of support for it in Scripture. You have to have a sense of God discerning. You have to have wise people speak into your life. It's not just like, ah, oh, yeah, but I think God said yes, I'm out. It's not that flippant. So make sure it has God's yes. Secondly, begin the conversation early. Begin the conversation early. I think there are degrees of uh, communication. So let's, there's, there's excellent communication and then there's mediocre communication about leaving. And then there's like downright rubbish communication to none. And we've all had experience of people leaving us when this has been the case, right? When they've just up and left our lives or left our thing or gone. And we're like, what on earth just happened? We need to aim for the excellent end. Jesus lived in this space. He was excellent at communicating the way he was going to leave. His ministry, when it first started, and it was getting some momentum, it was going really well, he'd had the healings, he'd fed the 4,000, he was on his way to feed the 5,000, like, woohoo, warming up with 4,000 people, heading toward 5,000 people. He walks on water, he turns water into wine, 
not the water that he walked on, a different set of water. Things were going really well. And about as early as makes sense, he pulls his disciples to him and he says this in Mark 8. He says, it says, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man, which was Jesus, must suffer many things be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. In the middle of him like ascending to fame, the disciples thought he was mad. You're like the rock star, Jesus. Everyone loves you. This makes no sense. And yet he starts talking about it. This is what's going to happen. This is how, I don't expect you to get it all now, but this is what's happening and what's going to take place. His communication about leaving was excellent. We need to clearly tell those who need to know that we're leaving. We need to tell them early. And we need to tell them in order of their importance to us and to the situation. Just stick the next slide on, Sam. It just grabs hold of that stuff. We need to begin the conversation early. If you're in a relationship that you know is no good for you. If you're in a friendship, now marriage sits in a different space to this, but if you're in a friendship and you're like, oh, it's not, it's not good, you need to start talking about it. And right now you're like, I don't want to. <laughs> I would prefer this end with a bit of a ghosting, thanks. <laughs> it's difficult. But you need to start talking about it. You need to start putting some boundaries in place. You need to start explaining and mirroring, helping people see the behavior, that it's not working. Because as the point that you can still talk about it, it can still be salvaged. Often we wait till stuff just blows up or it's too late. We can't fix it then. So just have a conversation. Just have a conversation. I find that's the easiest way that I enter into these things that I have to do from time to time. It's like it's just a conversation, actually. We're just having a chat. It's not the big thing I've built it in my mind to be. If you're disgruntled at church, I don't know, none of you guys are disgruntled, like this is the best ever. But if you become disgruntled at church, what often happens is you become disgruntled at church because there's a bunch of stress in your life. And church becomes a way of channeling that and saying things aren't working here. And it's often, there might be legitimate disgruntledness, but it's often because there's a lot of other stuff piled up. The best thing you can do is talk about it. Not, not gossip, not, not break down, but go and talk to me or talk to somebody in the church who you trust and who you love and who loves you and say, I'm just struggling. Can we talk about it? And you will find that if you do that diligently, you will be able to clarify exactly what's going on and exactly what you need to do. What about leaving this life? I said this to the crew this morning and they kind of all like went, hmm. At crew this morning, for those of you who don't know, the average age is around 80. They're well and truly in the space of their friends dying, of thinking about death, but have you thought about yours? Not your death, but... You know, so often people get scared of dying. If you're a Christian, you don't ever need to be fearful. Death is something to be welcomed, because what waits on the other side is way better version than this. Ex exponentially better we don't we have nothing to fear but we can start talking about it we can start thinking about your will you can start talking to your kids about what happens when when death happens in their lives not for them pray uh, not but but in their wider lives we'll all come to the point when we need to leave this place we all know people who have left who we deeply miss 
And if we can start talking about it now, we can celebrate and be prepared and really feel like we've talked about everything that needs instead of it being at disaster level when it's too late. And often in our Australian culture, we keep things tucked up until it's disaster level and then it's a mess. Then it's a mess. Don't let people find out via your actions before they find out via your words. So make sure it has God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. The temperature's getting turned up. You thought the first two were hard, it's just bad news from here on in, guys. Leave in peace. I recall a job where I was working with someone who I was quite close to, and as the job went on, we found it harder and harder to work together. But it wasn't like a big conflict where it blows up. It was the worst kind, where it just sits under the surface. And you both know there's an issue, but it becomes to the point where you're like, I don't know what the issue is. And I finally had an out to that job. I got offered something else and I could go, and the relief when I made the decision to go because I didn't have to put up with this situation anymore. I was free of it. I could leave. <laughs> yes, I'm out. And in the process of leaving, God's like, um, you've got to fix it. You've got to leave in peace. I'm like, but I don't want to. <laughs> I just want to go. I'm going to just run away. Like, it's done. It's going to be better when I'm out of it. And God's like, no, no, no. You own your stuff. You go back and you fix it. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> God's like, I know you don't want to. I don't really care. Get back there. And so I, I called the person. We sat down and I was like, oh, how do you start a conversation like this? I said, you know, how things with us, it's kind of, it started off good, but it's not really good now. And I just want to own my stuff. And I just want to apologize for that. And I kind of put it out on the, on the table. It's like super vulnerable. I said, can you forgive me? And they're like, yeah, no, I can forgive you. I said, thanks. Do you want to say anything else? And they're like, no, no, it's, it's good. I really appreciate that you came and talked to me. Good. Nothing else to share. No, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Thanks, though. That would have taken some courage. Yeah, no, fair bit, fair bit. Yep, yeah. Nothing. You don't want to say anything? No, okay. Okay, and they went, and that was the end of it. I'm only responsible, you're only responsible for the peace that you have in your relationships. You can't make the other person do whatever you want them to do, but you are responsible for you. And we are responsible for leaving things in peace to the amount or the extent that we can. God was the one who hung on a cross. He was naked and he dared to utter these incredible words in Luke 23. He said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. But can you fathom the resilience, the, the, the character, the strength it must have taken for him to forgive the very people who were persecuting him. And he spoke those words. He spoke those words to the people that were gathered there, but he speaks them to us because he doesn't want us to carry around the weight of our sin when he can deal with it. Jesus wants to deal with our sin, so he doesn't want to leave us in a place feeling the weight of it. We have the same responsibility when we leave we should not leave people with the weight of our sin or the sin that's, that's happened because of that relationship on their shoulders as we go, see ya, I'm done. Jesus didn't want to leave those who had wronged him feeling the weight of their sin. Leaving in peace, it really, really matters. So take responsibility. Take responsibility for your peace. Leave peace in the wake. Leave in such a way 
that when people look at you and look at your back, whether it's metaphorical or physical, they go, there's something to Jesus in there. There's something quite extraordinary and different to the way things work out. Now, this really comes to bear in, friend, in friendships, in relationships. Leaving is not conflict resolution. It's just leaving. I know we want to think it's conflict resolution. It's not conflict resolution. It's just leaving. And it might help the conflict, but it won't heal the conflict. And Jesus calls us to be people who make peace, right? create peace. We're not meant to be peacekeepers. Do not keep the peace. Make peace. Create peace. And we're responsible for what we put on others' lives and what we leave them with. We're saved into this new way of being, invited into this new life that we should embrace. So leave in peace. Make sure it is God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. And do not leave before you leave. You know, the switch off. You know, you're like, I know I'm going. Just turn off. You're, working at, you're at work in a job and you're going 100% and you get another job and you're like, oh, I'm just going to cruise down to 50 till we start the other role. You know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? I hope it's not just me. You, you, might, be, um, you might be moving to a different location. You're like, oh, I'm going to move in three or four months, but I'll just, I'll just cruise with friendships, relationships. Yeah. It's all right. I'm not going to emotionally invest in people because I'm about to, to go on. It might be a relationship where you emotionally close down. It might be a serving role where you, you're not leaving yet, but you start to whinge and complain and make it difficult for everybody else. That's leaving before you've left. When I was in Seymour, so Seymour was the first ministry placement I had, which was a long time ago now. Oh, my goodness. It was like nearly 20 years ago. And we've been there for five years and we got called up to Gold Coast. And so we made the decision to come up with four months before we actually moved up. So we were down there in Seymour for four months uh, until we actually moved. And one, one day, a friend of mine, uh, she goes, can I, can I meet with you? And we sat down and she started to tear up. And she said, she said, Ralph, I know you've got to go, but you've left already. I was like, no, oh, I have. I'd left. I'd started gearing up and thinking for this, and I realized how horrible that was for me to do to those who were left. And so I made the decision that I was going to switch back on, and I was going to stay invested to the very last moment. And yes, it's more painful. Yes, it's more difficult. But that's what Jesus was about, about honoring the places that we're in and not leaving before we leave. Imagine if Jesus had switched off. He's in the garden and they arrest him. He's like, well, the rest's inevitable. I've made it. Done deal. Or he's on the cross and they've got the guy next to him and, and they're having this conversation. And there's two of these prisoners and one of the prisoners says like, oh, save yourself and save us too. And the other guy goes, no, no, no. He's the Messiah. He doesn't belong up here. We do. He doesn't belong. And Jesus, imagine if he'd already switched off. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. he wouldn't have done that because he's on the cross, right? But they're, yeah. Instead, he says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Instead of switching off, he offers forgiveness to those who are there. Instead of taking the drugs that they offer him, he embraces the cross for all it's worth so that we could do the same. Because nothing we will face will ever be as hard as that. So we can, because of the power that is in us, face anything we need to leave. So do not leave before you leave. Make sure God has 
Make sure it has God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. Don't leave before you leave. And finally, point number five, leave it better than how you want to find it. This one is the toughest. In the broadest sense of things, right now, right this moment, have you left this world in a better place because you were here? And if you haven't, then your work is not yet done. If you can't answer yes to that, there is more for you to do. Leaving something better than we find it is so confronting. It's so challenging. The same is true for church. If you think about leaving a church, can you honestly say, I'm actually leaving it better than I found it? When we started Village, there was um, uh, Emma and Matt. You guys remember Emma and Matt? They said to me, they go, we'll give you a year. We'll go all in for a year. And at the end of that time, we'll, we'll revise. And for the whole year, I'm praying that they stayed. But when it got to the end of the year, they talked about it all the way through, got to the end of the year, and they said, we've got to go. And they went and we celebrated that. But they left the church better than when they found it. They built so much into it, so much into our children's ministry, our small groups, into so much of the pastoral stuff and the outreach stuff that took place. They left it better than they found it. When we leave a church, what we don't take into account, which always slips our mind, is the impact that us leaving has on everybody else that's there. People just don't think about it because it's not the framework that you're thinking through when you're leaving a church. So when people leave a church, they don't realize that those there are like, uh, there's a sense, unless it's done really well, of, of like feel gutted and feel like part of them is missing. Because as a church family, that's who we're called to be. It makes it harder, whether we realize it or not, to trust the next people that come in and embrace them. We have a lot of responsibility as Christians that when we leave a church or leave something, we do it really, really well. And it is possible to do it really, really well. And it means just putting ourselves aside. Jesus' final words in Matthew 28, he says, Therefore, to all his disciples, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing like what we did today, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always till the very end of the age. And Jesus kind of went, oh, he didn't. Perhaps the Ralph version of Jesus would have gone, oh, look what I did. That was pretty good, right? Because when I came, there wasn't a future for the people of God. But now there is, and it's called the church. And there wasn't a mission for the people of God, but now there is. And there wasn't a savior for the people of God, and now there is. Jesus left things far better than he found them. So make sure it has God's yes. Begin the conversation early. Leave in peace. Don't leave before you leave and leave it in a better way than you found it. Now let me make this just really real for a moment. Some of you may have things that you're involved in, that you're doing, that friendships that take place, situations that you know you need to leave and you've known for a while that you need to leave. And it might be an addiction or a bad habit or a significant friendship or a poor attitude or potential limiting rut or a job or a, or a debt or a sinful pattern, or a place that you're trapped in and you know you have to leave. And right now you're saying, but Ralph, nice message, you don't get it. You don't understand. Because it's too tough, it's too difficult for me to leave. I just can't leave. The pain would be too much. The ramifications of it would be too great. The mess it would make, the awkwardness 
I would feel, the despair that I'd have to face. I don't know where I'd go. I don't know what I'd do. It's all I've ever known. I'd be utterly lost. You need to know this. If God's yes is with you, God's power is with you, and God's strength is with you, you can do it. You can do it. God's power enables us to leave when it's beyond our power to do so. Just like God's power enabled Jesus to do what Jesus did, that none of us would have been able to fathom being in that space. But Jesus did. He faced all the sin of the world, exhausted it, rendered it powerless, threw it away and offered us life and victory as a result. That's the God we can trust in when we need to leave something that's too difficult to leave. And so I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for those of you who are in the midst of knowing that you want to leave something, you have to leave something, and you're like, I just, I, I just don't know what to do. And maybe the message made it easier, maybe it made it more tricky, but I want to pray for you. There are some of you that need to leave something and you're holding on tight, and God just wants to, you to trust in Him tonight. And there might be some of you that as you've heard this message, you've gone, and this is what I've thought, as I wrote it, I'm like, oh man, I've not always left really well. <laughs> oh, if I could have my time again, if I, if I was just a bit more smart, a bit more wise, a bit more caring, if I had my time again, I could leave much better. I've got a bunch of stories of me not leaving well. I want to pray for you. That guilt is not yours to carry around. That guilt belongs to God and he's going to deal with it. You don't have to feel bad as a result of this message. God wants to make us obedient followers of him, dynamic followers of him, so that when we leave, people go, ah, it was like God was with us. Wow. So let me pray for you all. Let's pray. God, as we sit here in the, in the quiet, we just invite your spirit here to meet us. To minister to us, Lord. Some of us, Lord, know we have to leave something. And we don't want to. I pray you would give the courage for that. And you give the power for that. And you give the authority for that, Lord. And create opportunity to make that as smooth a transition as possible. Lord, there are some of us here who, who really, honestly, we're not sure if we should leave that thing or that friendship or that circumstance. We're just not sure. I pray for clarity. I pray for your yes or your no. Lord, speak your yes or your no. Lord, maybe all of us have been in this boat where as we look back, there are things we could have left better. There are things we mucked up one or two or all five of these ideas. Forgive us. We find it hard to forgive ourselves sometimes, God, so please forgive us. 
See, if you forgive us, we have no need to hold on to anything. Those memories that we keep replaying, may they lose their talons, may they lose their grip on our souls, and may they fade away. The guilt and shame that we feel like we are clothed in, Lord, you clothe us with your body, your skin, your life. You renew us in every way. And so renew us and set us free, Lord. We want to leave the things that you are calling us to leave in such an excellent way that all people know is that you are present. So Lord, let this message live on in our hearts and guide us. Not just this week or this month or this year, but all our lives, we pray. We ask this in your powerful name. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen.